Thank you for tuning in to the WAM podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello and welcome to the Women in Manufacturing podcast. My name is Fran Brunel and I'm the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc. And I'm your host for today's show. Joining us today is Kim Alford of CAM Tool and Die in Zebulon, North Carolina. Cam Dool and Die is a member of the B-Square Precision Group of Top Quality High Precision Manufacturing Businesses. Kim has been part of Cam Tool and Die since its founding in 1995. At that time, she brought to the company nine years of experience in production planning and five years of experience in accounting while working at Square D Company. Through the years, Kim has served as business manager, and in 2019, she was promoted to production manager. Her responsibilities include managing production while also overseeing human resources and financial management. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Fran. I'm excited about talking with you today. Yeah, and we're excited that you're here as well. Kim, I know we've got some really interesting topics to cover today. Before we dive into to that, I'd like you to introduce our listeners to Cam Tool and Die. Glad to. Well, Cam Tool and Die, as Fran mentioned earlier, was founded in 1995. And the premise behind that was in our area here outside of the uh, Raleigh area in North Carolina, there were several large manufacturing plants that began to close down their tool and die um, departments in their companies and a lot of their fabrication departments and move them to Mexico. And so as that began to happen, there, uh, as tool and die makers were uh, basically being laid off from the companies that were at, there were several people that got together and had the vision that there was still going to be need for this. Um, and so they decided to open an individual shop. And it, it began in an old car garage with two machines and three employees and has grown from that. We are now in a um, much larger building. The capabilities of CNC, Wire ADM has progressed through the years and we've worked very hard to keep up with the trends and the latest softwares and latest machines and um, manufacturing is beginning to come back to America and especially in our area. So we really have just been able to grow beyond um, what the wildest dreams were way back then, but that was the reason for beginning. And then in 2000, at the end of 2018, uh, the, the owners were ready to retire and they decided to sell the business and we were purchased by B-Square Precision. And from that, we have really just made some <clears throat> big changes. I'm very excited about uh, sharing with you, Fran, and and letting our listeners hear how you can go from a little small, almost mom and pop type shop and just grow to be able to meet the needs of some of the biggest names in manufacturing. So one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on the show, Kim, is that you are the only person that I've interviewed so far who has lived through 
the acquisition of the company um, as an employee of the company. And I know that you and I have spoken before and, and we've, we've talked about um, what, what employees go through uh, as new ownership takes over, the fears that they have. Um, can you speak into that a little bit and then talk about how um, what you feared not only didn't come to pass, but the the end result was was amazingly better than you thought it would be. Absolutely. Uh, one other manager, other than myself, we were the only two people that the owners told that the business was being listed for sale. And of course, Fran, you know, when a business sells, it is a process that does not happen overnight. <laughs> there is a lot involved in it. So it took, what, a probably approximately 11 to 10 months or so once, you know, this the serious listing began and all for the uh, transition to take place. Right. So first of all, when it's just you and one other manager that knows this and you're dealing with employees all day long, you cannot let them know anything <laughs> and you don't let the customers know right away because you know you don't want the wrong perception to go out so I you know my my person speaking personally my fears during that period of time were beyond just the unknown of who's going to purchase and what are they going to do with it when they do but it was how do I talk to the employees once we are able to tell them and not have them feel like I tricked them or I wasn't upfront and honest with them because in my role at that time as being part of um, business management was human resources. So that, you know, it, I worried about that a lot. You know, we've got to communicate this well and just right. Once we knew who our new owners were, and I will say that, that the uh, two gentlemen that own B-Square Precision are Mark Beck and Tony Butler. Once I was able to personally sit down with them, hear their vision and their plans, I immediately felt very comfortable. They um, they came in, they had plans. That, and I really liked that. And they laid it right out. And, you know, they just said, for the first quarter, we want to learn from you. We don't want to tell you what to do. We want to learn from you what you feel like this transition should look like and how it should go. That immediately put me at ease. And then the second quarter went into now, how can we take what we just purchased and make improvements upon it? And so that was kind of the two, the two areas we worked in first. So when they, when they first came in and they first started meeting with the employees, they had to sit down individually one-on-one -on -one with employees and let the employees talk to them about any concerns they had about the, the new ownership, any things that they had experienced with past ownership that they thought were things that could be built on. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we took a, a, a company that was thriving and how could we build onto it? But from the very start, they invested in their employees by listening to what their thoughts, desires were and how they wanted to be a part of the team. And I think that made all the difference in the world. 
Um, sure. It, you know, interesting. In, in selling manufacturing companies around the country um, and, and going back to visit them after they're sold and, and having opportunity after the fact to talk to some of the employees, um, what I hear is that when they first hear that the company has been sold, they are so fearful, number one, that they're going to lose their job. Yes. And number two, even if they still have a job, that the acquirer is going to simply pull resource out of the company rather than invest further into it. Right. So you're talking about how these gentlemen um, invested first on a one-on-one personal basis, but can you speak to the, I know that there's some other things that they did as far as giving employees um, both opportunity um, for growth professionally and financially. Speak into that a little bit, if you can. Absolutely. So they let us know up front, they were going to be investing into this business. And that didn't mean just into building a client base. They were investing in the employees. So the things that they did is they improved on the retirement package. So now the company match is larger than what the guys had before. They have in the last 12 months had three raises three bonuses, (laughs) an improved health care program. So all of these things just from the very beginning boosted morale like you wouldn't even believe, you know. But then they also invested in the employees in training. And across the board, and, and you speak with a lot of people in manufacturing, so you know the number one problem you have is finding qualified help. When you've got qualified help, you want to really invest in keeping them. So they immediately said to these guys, you know what, we want to invest more into your training. Well, a lot of people think about that and they think, why should I spend more money training an employee who may go work for someone else? But the counter side of that is what if I don't invest in training them and they decide to stay? Oh, you know, if you're going to have an employee and he's staying, you want him to be as trained as he can possibly be. So we have found opportunities where we had some people come into our shop and sit down and train our our um, associates. And we found opportunities where we could actually send them out. So, you know, sometimes they got to go out and stay overnight in a hotel and have a dinner and have two days of training in a um, in one of the the machine manufacturers um, facilities where they got to work with machines that are, you know, a little bit different than what we have here. Same manufacturer, same CNC machining, but different size, few different capabilities and stuff. And they have really enjoyed that. We have also had an employee that is in the local tech school. And so we have helped him with his tuition and stuff. So we have, um, we have really worked on, doing everything we can to help the employees to feel valued and needed. We also went out onto the floor and we implemented a daily stand-up meeting. And part of that is where we can update them on if we've got a customer coming in that day, you know, giving them some background about the customer. So when they're interacting with the customer, they, they can ask them some questions and things, know, you know, what, 
what type of work they're doing for them. Uh, we set up 5S. We have set up lean manufacturing. And all of these things have helped the employees to take pride in their work area. And it is just phenomenal to watch them every day. They just go above and beyond what we expect. They have really bought into, and this is so heartwarming, they have really bought into the vision and into the values. We had set up a um, four values that we wanted to focus on. Those are integrity, do what is right, people, the best team wins, customers, be a trusted partner, and performance improve every day. And they're in that order because, first of all, integrity is is the number one thing for anybody, and we should all view that in every part of our lives. But then people, the best team wins. To do the trusted partner with the customers, we've got to have the best team here. So that was kind of the order of the focus. And they have just really taken so much pride into the shop floor now. We, we have purchased new equipment. We have purchased new tools to make their everyday life easier. And they just feel so valued. I think it makes all the difference. Yeah. So a few things. The I, I remember when the company was being sold and during due diligence time, Mark and Tony had a banner made for uh, the break room that had the integrity, people, customers, performance, the, the core values. Exactly. And I know that you all have it on your website too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny because you look at manufacturing companies across the country and many have fluffy language like that. Um, the difference here is that they have absolutely lived up to every single one of those things. And it's just such a delight to see. It really is. And that, you know, the the number one thing, integrity, they modeled that from the very first day. And they listened to the employees when um, they're actually not located here in our facility. And they do actually have other companies under the B-Square umbrella. And they, when they can come in and they visit and all that, the first thing they do is they go out on the floor and they speak with every employee and ask and inquire about his fa- their family. They've been very good as an employee has experienced a death in the family. They always reach out. They always speak to them personally themselves. It's very heartwarming. Warming. It, it has been just very good. Um, our employees well, are excited. That's great. I, I would really like to, you know, we've talked about the transition and what a wonderful job that they've done. Um, but talk to us a little bit about what CAM Tool and Die actually does. What What is your core function? What is your team good at? Okay. We support manufacturing and that can look like a lot of different things. And we really are involved in a lot of different areas from research and development of actual product to building fixtures. Um, One of our largest customers this year builds parts for gas pumps. So we have been building components for them to build new fixturing for these gas pumps. So we always share that with the employees, you know, when you're working on their job, think about it. And then they'll come back and say, Hey, I went pump gas and I saw, I saw that name on the gas pump. (laughs) And so we tell them all the time and see, you are responsible for them to be able to build that. Pharmaceuticals is our number one area. And we're working really hard to, um, 
to get involved more deeply into the pharmaceutical business. And what a project, it was a, really the first project that when the company sold on January 1st and the new owners came in, we just were beginning this project for a company that is building robots so that a surgeon can be in one city while performing surgery on a patient in another city. Now that sounds wow. so foreign, but if I have to have brain surgery and the best surgeon is out on the West Coast and I can't get out there, and he could still do the surgery while I'm on the East Coast, that would probably be pretty phenomenal, you know. So it we've sure done a is. lot of really interesting things. And our specialty is wire EDM work, CNC milling, CNC lathe. We can do some, we, all, we do a lot of reverse engineering. Uh, we would like to see ourselves work more into the design realm. Uh, we just haven't gotten there yet. So we work off designs that our customers supply for us. Um, and we just, if it's made out of plastic or metal, we can fix it for you, make it for you. <laughs> you know, we don't yeah. do the actual fabrication production, but we build dyes, we build molds, we repair dyes, molds, jigs, fixtures. Um, we are asked to do a lot of things. And sometimes we don't even know what the customer's plan for it is, what he will be doing with it in the end, what she is designing, what she is inventing, what she is thinking, you know. So it's just, it's a huge variety of things. That's amazing. I know traditionally cam tool and dye has also been, you touch lightly on pharmaceutical, but they have been uh, critical in keeping pharmaceutical processing equipment up and running and yes. doing yes. repair and replace work, which I'm yeah. sure is um, incredibly important right now during this COVID-19 crisis. And Fran, we, with our customers, we have built the reputation of being an emergency room. Yeah. And we joke sometimes because obviously our building has more than one door, but it, we say it's almost like a drive through You drop it off at the front door and pick it up on the back door as you drive around the building. We do a lot of emergency work Um pharmaceuticals especially, but not only that, any company that that has to have a shutdown because of a breakdown is losing up to a million dollars a day in a lot of cases. And so they can get a part to us and we will work round the clock to get it repaired and back in their hands because they don't want to send employees home because the line is shut down. They sure. don't want employees, you know, to lose their pay. They don't want to get behind on their production schedule. But right now with the, the, um, with COVID, it is so important to keep these companies going. You know, they're making IV bags. They're making needles for injections. They're making, um, prescription medicines. They, I mean, they're just making suture things for sutures, um, mm -hmm. tweezers, sure. I mean, anything, mask, you know, anything. And so they are, they've got to stay running. So we have, we have local pharmacy, com I mean, pharmaceutical companies that come in the door daily. We don't even know they're coming. They just show up, but we have wow. built that reputation with them now where they know they can do that and we will turn it around quickly. And always trying to think of the future 
not too far from us is an area that has five pharmaceutical plants in the same industrial park. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of calling it the old fashioned milk run, but we are in the process of setting up where we will daily send someone down to circle all of those plants and pick up anything that they need and bring it back here, fix it and deliver it back just as soon as possible hopefully within 24 hours some things could take longer it might would be two days um but we're we're trying to set up that service where we just swing down there pick it up fix it swing it right back to them what a great idea yeah we, we're, oh, we think that's, that's going to be good and it's just we're just fortunate in our location because um you know we have some of the best medical facilities with Chapel Hill and Duke University and all right here close to us and that's just hospitals so your pharmaceutical companies tend to land in those areas sure i loved as you described your your customers um you said she she oh, yeah yeah <laughs> that's i think that's great mm-hmm. and you're in a non-traditional role there um, talk a little bit about what you personally are doing for the company and how your role has changed over time. Sure. Well, currently as production planner, when an order comes into the company, I am in charge of getting it processed into our our um, system, our shop floor system. I do the purchasing side of it. I will order everything we need to get that job done. I work closely with the shop foreman to get it scheduled. Um, he then oversees the employees. He daily lets them know what he needs them, which machine he needs them to be on, what he needs them to run in that machine. I take care of it. If it's something that has to go out for an outside service like heat treating or a coating process, I get all get that all together get that coordinated get it out and back in again and then when it's complete i get it to the customer um i let them know it's coming we may ship it they may come pick it up we may deliver it however we you know it's different for each customer but you there's a lot, a lot of, of uh, there yeah, yeah there's a lot of juggling balls as that's going through because every customer's part he needs yesterday and sure. his is the most important one, <laughs> you know, and we definitely talk to them as if it is, <laughs> you know, and so we juggle a lot. We do a lot of juggling, but um, I speak with customers a lot and just, you know, they want updates just you know, I'm either calling my vendor for an update or I'm calling a customer and giving him an update. That's a good part of the day. Sure. But it is solid it is, communication. Exactly. And it's enjoyable. I love talking to people and I love um, I love trying to please a customer. It's just it, it's just in my nature. I, I like for people to be satisfied and happy. So I enjoy working with, you know, with others and trying to to communicate that and and um just build on those customer relationships. Let me ask you, we're, you know, we're starting to run out of time and I want to make sure that we have time to cover a few things, Kim. So I know that Cam Tool and Die has been very active in trying to uh, consistently have a pipeline of skilled workers. So my question to you would be, what would you say to women who are reluctant to consider a position in manufacturing? Well, you know, you sometimes you might think that's more like 
that's I think men sometimes think that's men's work. Women, I don't think really think like that, but I think they might be intimidated to be in an area with all men. Um, for years, I was the only woman here. We now have another part-time female. So I, I have a another person here now that's, that's not male. And, um, but I find working with men is no different than working with women. I mean, you know, everybody just gets in, does their job. I would well, encourage don't think, women. Don't you think many people have a perception of manufacturing uh, that's totally outdated? Meaning like it's a dirty work environment. It's not a sweatshop. We're air conditioned. We're clean. There's not a lot of heavy lifting because we provide cranes and, you know, all kinds of sources to help with the lifting. So it's not like, you know, women would have to pick up something they couldn't pick up. I mean, we have the equipment they would need to be able to do that. But it is a very clean environment manufacturing is today, and especially in our line of work, because if you're working with pharmaceuticals or food industry, I mean, you've got you've got to have clean parts, clean machines. So it's not the dirty, smoky, um, can't see outside dungeon type places we're used to seeing in the history books. I do think that the public schools and the um, universities are beginning to open that field up some with STEM programs. I think they're making it much more attractive to females um, through yeah. those programs. We did have a, middle, a local middle school that brought a group in that was part of their STEM program. And the, with the students, they were all eighth graders. And there were as many girls in the program as there were boys. So that was encouraging. And when we took them on a tour, I tried to talk to the girls a lot and say, you know, you could do this. And then this, doesn't this look fun? You know, and to, to because that's where it starts. It's got to start uh, having them interested in going to a community college or to a four-year college and, and possibly get an engineering degree. Sure. It's got to start when they're young. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. So Cam Tool and Die is part of the B-Square Precision Group. Um, and this group also owns another company, uh, JMC uh, Tool and Machine. Can you give us a little bit of um, color on that and what they do and how it's different than Cam? Absolutely. They do a lot of production work. So they they have contracts with different manufacturers to make components for things that they're building. And we specialize more in one-off kind of things, um, you know, building a fixture or especially in the research and development. You know, you may make it one time, they totally change the whole plan and you start over. Whereas JMC does a lot more of production type work. They have a really large storeroom where they just have parts ready on the go. So when a customer orders something, they've already got it in stock. They can turn it right around. And that's been really good because we do get contacted here for production type work. And so we have been able to share that with JMC and they get contacted and they can do some one-off kind of stuff, but it's not their specialty. So Mm -hmm. now they pass that on to us, but they do a lot of work for aerospace and for medical. And um, that's been a good, good tie in with us. What do you think is next for cam tool and die? 
Well, I think that if we can continue to reach out to the industry as it changes and change with it, that we have plenty of room for growth. Um, we are already looking into what type of capital equipment we should move into next. We have ha added also, uh, since you were in, Fran, we have added some more machines and opened up some more areas of expertise to say. And um, we're looking into what's next. You know, where it's always plan ahead, plan ahead, plan ahead. And so we're always thinking like six months ahead, 12 months ahead, 24 months ahead. Where do we want to be at that point? And how do we get there? And so... Um, I actually love that, how you describe that uh, Mark Beck and Tony Butler, the owners of B-Square Precision Group, involve all of the employees in that process of thinking and planning ahead. Yes, yes. In fact, um, in our stand-up meeting this morning, our general manager shared with them that, you know, we may be looking at some capital uh, purchases in the fall. So what would be your priorities? What are the things that you think we need? And so, you know, right before this podcast started, one employee turned in an idea. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, it's fun. It is fun. That's it is great. um. We are truly a team here, and that has been the atmosphere from the beginning. Um, we had our first family day this past um, fall. That was fun. I mean, you know, it's just all those years we were in business, and we just never had a family day. And it was just really fun that the new owners thought we should do that. And they brought their families, and all the employees brought theirs. And it was just really nice to meet someone's family. Well, it sounds like Cam Tool and Die is in very good hands. It is with a very good owners great. and the team that you all have built there. So before I let you go, um, tell us how to, if someone wants to learn more about Cam Tool and Die's capabilities, what's the best way to reach out? Our website is just camtool.com. You can also link to us by the B Square Precision dot com website and that will also have a link for jmc so you could get both of us there or you they can reach out to me individually my email is k a l f o r d at camtool.com and we and would love to listeners camtool.com it's k-a-m k-a-m not c that's correct that is correct Kim, you're an absolute delight. Um, I will, of course, visit again when I'm down oh, in your area, and I am often, and I can't wait to see all of the additional really positive changes that I've learned about today. That would be Thank wonderful. you so much for being with us. Thank you, Fran. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.